0: Thanks to Cry Malt, the grain of truth, in every beer, this is the conversation behind every beer. I'm Brews News editor Matt Kirkegaard. Last week we saw Good Beer Week celebrated in Melbourne, and the Cry Malt trade hub at Beer Deluxe was once again a focus for the brewing industry, with a number of important trade discussions taking place. Thanks to Kegstar, Brews News was able to be there to record some of these panels, and we will be sharing them with you in coming weeks. But amongst the panels was an update from the Independent Brewers Association. Apart from being a general update from the IBA to its members, this panel stood out because of some of the key data that was revealed. It has always been hard to quantify the size and growth of the independent craft beer industry, but the IBA has pulled together some meaningful data that gives us a much clearer picture of where the craft industry sits in Australia. The presentation was worth a follow-up with IBA Chair Jamie Cook, and so we go over the figures and add a little bit of explanation to them. And we also look at some other topics, including the progress of the IBA independent seal and learn that a supporters seal is about to be launched as well. There's an update on the IBA's activities, and we also look ahead to the Indies and Brewcon. This is some great data for anyone involved in the beer industry, whether a member of the IBA or not. But I will go so far as to say that political quibbles aside, the ability to harvest this data and put some solid numbers around the industry does highlight the importance and value of an association of independent brewers. Enjoy this briefing from Jamie Cook on behalf of the IBA. Jamie Cook, welcome to Beer is a Conversation. Thanks, Matt, for having me. Oh, mate, my pleasure, and uh, thank you for joining us on your holidays. I think we all need a holiday after Good Beer Week.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a big week, but um, yeah, what a great week it was for beer.
0: But mate, I wanted to follow up because we had hoped to catch your presentation at the IBA, but uh, Gremlins and and all that. But the information that you gave as part of the iba briefing was just uh invaluable so thanks for giving us a little bit of time on your holidays but maybe we can look at uh so some of the information you presented to the uh, iba members in attendance last week particularly the market update
1: sure matt yeah i think there's a number of things we covered obviously we covered the uh a bit of a market update in terms of putting some data out there for everyone to sort of get a feel for where independent beer sits in the marketplace today um we covered off uh, i guess our progress and some news coming down the line on our on our independent seal, uh, and then just a bit of an evolution of where we're heading from a from an IBA perspective in terms of the, the services and support we're providing to the members and BrewCon and Indie update. Um, so yeah, let's 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 jump into the market data. I, I guess um, just to, before we jump into the data, there's probably two sources of data that. Uh, Typically uh we look at and one historically has been the IRI data, which is pretty much a retail scan sort of data service, which where they pretty much look at retail sales out of bottle shops, et cetera, around the country um, to form a to form a view of the marketplace. Um, they take scan data as people walk through their cash register um, to understand what retail sales look like. Um, the challenge with that is that data has been um, is that it is very centric to, obviously, off-premise sales. It's very centric to the national accounts, uh, being Coles and Woolworths, um, which tends to underrepresent represent uh, the independent beer brewers uh, in the country uh, because, typically, uh, the indie brewers tend to under-index in those type of accounts. Um, what are also... Uh, To grab is the on premise sales, so draft beer sales, which is probably where independent brewers tend to over index. Um, And then the third piece of the puzzle that probably uh, isn't being captured at all, apart from the data that we've started to look at recently, is the the growth in on premise or brewery taproom sales, which is obviously in strong growth around the country, and that just doesn't get picked up in any retail scan data. So that's IRI. Um, It tends to get a bit of a read of the total market, um, but but underplays uh, independent beer. And then you have a look at the ATO data, which we're starting to look at more and more, which comes directly from the from the Australian tax office and it's directly uh, generated from excise paid uh, by, by all the brewers in the country. So we get a very good read, um, right down
0: to sort of almost volume bandwidth of each of the scale of brewers. The data that you get from the ATO, the IBA has to buy, doesn't it?
1: Uh, no, we've been able we've been able to get that um, through through our relationship with uh, the people at the ATO, right? Um, and they've been able they've been able to provide that to us uh, in a form. Obviously, it's um, unidentified data, so it doesn't come with any brewery names attached to it. It's 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 basically raw data, based down, based, broken down by volume breaks um, in terms of the size of brewers. So um, yeah, so we get to we get to look at that and form form a market
0: but it is data that probably we wouldn't be seeing but for an association making like an individual brewer wouldn't probably get access to this data i'd imagine
1: correct yeah yeah Yeah. that's right i mean obviously that sort of data is only going to be available to an association or someone who's going to use it um at a accumulated level um and to reflect the market so yeah um it's great data and we thank the guys at the ato for providing it um i guess um If you look back at the total market um, and IRI will indicate this and as does the ATO data and a number of other data points such as ABS, Australian Bureau Statistics, have obviously pointed to over the years the total beer market being flat or in in minor decline and that's been the case for a number of years and and if you look at the data up until, the IRI data up until March this year, uh, the total beer market was in decline about 1.5%. So still trending downwards. Um, and something that obviously, uh, as brewers, um, we want to see that flatten out. Um, but the great thing is that the shining light in the marketplace is is obviously the independent brewers who are still continuing to grow at 25% year on year. If you look at our ATO data, it goes back to June last year. Um, we will get another read on this data in probably July or August this year, and Hopeman will hope to share that with uh, the attendees at BrewCon this year when we give a market update uh, throughout the conference. But um, back in June last year, independent beer growing 25% year on year to have hold almost 6.9% of the market. And I think that's that's the great thing is that um, to see that number really shows that um, independent beer has, beer has got scale now. Um, and with the larger brewers really having no or little growth In the market we're seeing obviously the share continue to shift towards independent beer um, which is which is a great result and if you go back to when the iba or the cbia as it was when it first started back in 2011 uh, that number that independent brewer number is probably just over one percent so in those years uh, that we've seen you know from 2011 through to 2018 we've seen independent beer grow really strongly
0: and that takes into account, and sorry, I'll just clarify that number. Um, the slide says 5.9%, but I think you just said 6.9% for... Independent, sorry, 59 59 yep. 5.9%, yep. yep. And, and yep. that growth that you just said um, over the duration of the Independent Beer Association, the 5.9% includes the loss of um, the, the, the independent brewers like Pirate Life and Four Pines that have left, and we've still seen a significant growth in the volume of independent beer, haven't we?
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, as, as those breweries had been acquired, um, they'd been backed out of that data. Um, and so, yeah, we've just continued to see that volume being replaced. Sure, the growth might have been a bit higher um, if you included those breweries. Um, however, yeah, in the background, we're just seeing the true independence continue to grow nicely. So, um, yeah, and I think I think the, the, the amazing number, when you actually look at uh, the share of value, which is which is a, is a really important thing to look at, when you're looking at the small end of town in terms of the scale of brewers is obviously we can't compete on price uh, as much as the big guys so we tend to take a price premium in the marketplace Um, and when you extrapolate the volume data out using our average price premium in the marketplace you see that independent beer is now some 10% of total beer by volume which means that every every Australian spends one in ten of, beer, of their beer dollars on independent beer which is which is fantastic to see
0: that's a, a great boost that people are willing to spend more for independence I guess is a little bit of something you can read into that
1: Oh definitely I mean to to grow at twenty five percent year on year while you are you know priced well above the average market um, shows that there is incredible value being generated by independent beer. You know, and that's and that's not just for um the brewers, that's for obviously the retailers that support us, um, where obviously that volume, that value is being created for the people that are supporting our uh, our businesses as well. I get the key thing is, you know, that strong growth, it's being fueled by really long term shifts in society. Um, if you look at, you know, what's driving consumers diet, desire is sort of an authenticity personal relationships with brands diversity of flavor localism uh, and true connection all those things are long-term shifts in society we're seeing across uh, all sorts of markets um, but particularly in the food and beverage space and that's really what's what's you know in behind um, that growth in independent beer um, and that's something that obviously independent brewers really must grab hold of is because that's you know that that's what they can really stand by in the marketplace
0: Great. So, and how about the, the, the growth by uh, brewer levels, by, by, by the brewer scale themselves?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at, if you look at the, uh, the stairway to heaven, as we call it, there's a chart there that shows that growth over the years. Um, I think the key thing is now, you know, the, the, there is obviously growth um, at all of those band levels um, within, within independent beer. Obviously, the bulk of the growth is coming from the larger businesses um, in, in our membership base. However, when you look at the smaller bands, the the number of brewers in those bands uh, are growing faster uh, than than any of the others, and obviously um, that's driving volume growth as well. Um, The other thing in that chart is probably hard to see and hard to read is that over the years, obviously, brewers graduate from one volume band to another, so you're seeing there that um, you know in one year one brewer might sit in a smaller band. They might have outgrown that band in the following year, so their volume is going to be sitting in that bigger volume segment. Um, but typically, they're being replaced by a whole bunch of other smaller brewers to take that take the take the game up in those smaller bands. So, yeah, overall across all scales of breweries and um, in independent beer, they're, they're growing.
0: Just looking at the band for, uh, on this slide, there is a number of uh, brewers that uh, produce more than five million liters. How many fit within that category now? Uh,
1: There's there's three breweries sitting within that band um, as of 2018.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Um, So 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 yeah. So you can see, um, obviously, those breweries have some scale to them um, and are driving and are driving good growth.
0: But you can almost see, just looking at the number, there's a drop between financial year 14 and 15 from 14 million to 11 million in an otherwise up... So I'm imagining that's about the time that Four Pines... Uh, I'm trying to think back to when Four Pines sold. That would have been about the period that Four Pines sold and took with a, with them a fairly significant volume?
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's probably that. Um, that's probably part of it. Um, volume disappearing there from acquisitions.
0: Yep. Mm, but, but then it's but over the... Uh, since uh, financial year 12 to financial year 18, it's jumped from a shade under 10 million litres to a shade under 30 million litres. So there's... 300 percent growth at that level so we are seeing substantial growth over, uh, over over that period of time sure
1: yeah 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 and you look at that next band down from 13 just over 13 half million litres up to nearly 50 that's phenomenal growth uh, in that band as well so yeah uh, you know once once breweries are getting scale uh, they seem to be generating they seem to be generating good growth
0: so that's what you can draw from these numbers So, uh, and how about uh, the number of uh, brewers? Um, What what data have you got around that? Because that's always a hard one to pin down.
1: Yeah, look, um, you know, there's there's a number of sources that people have been trying to ascertain exactly how many brewers there are in the country. Um, And you hear the number bandied around a lot, over 600. And if you look at uh, a couple of sources we use, is one, yes, there is Craft Beer reviewer out there that um, puts the number at around about 619 brewing companies um, in the marketplace. Our ATO data, however, gives us the number of excise paying entities. So these are brewers who are brewing beer and paying excise on the beer they brew. And so that that probably that the four seventy two number is probably not capturing gypsy brewers or people who are having their beer contract brewed. So um, and that, you know, that could be, a, that could be a significant number of players, but, but it's, I guess the real number is somewhere between 472 and 619, but it's probably closer to the 472 than it is the 619. Um, I, and I guess the other piece there is that, um, in June 2018, that, that 472 was up 54 on the previous year. So, um, still one a week. Um, new excise
0: paying entities over that period, so
1: we are still seeing that number number continue to grow.
0: So, gypsy brewers don't have to have, be a, an excise paying entity in their own right. That goes through the parent or the the, the nest brewery, I get for for one of a better term.
1: Yeah, I mean um, the excise uh, the the ATO obviously. Um, demand typically that that a brewer who's brewing beer whether it's for themselves or for someone else pay the excise before it leaves the brewery Uh, unless of course that gypsy brewer or contract brewer has a access to a bonded warehouse um, where they could move stock from that brewery um, to a warehouse and then pay uh, duty further down the line Um, they have to pay that excise as it leaves the brewery if they don't have a bonded warehouse so yeah it's it's very much the ato's way of capturing um excise at the source
0: right great so, what is, so that, well it's, it's, that, that's certainly a good figure to have yeah
1: so so yeah I, I guess overall you know um if you look at if you look at the data there's certainly you know continued growth there um and, and i think that's the thing is the indie brewers are really driving the real growth in the market so if you look at the total market it's slightly it's flat to down decline um, and then if you look at craft, the way um, IRI defines craft, um, they're saying it's growing at about 8% year on year as of March this year, at about 7.6% of the market. So you can see there that um, our ATO data says that um, independent beers are around about 5.9 or 6%, um, whereas they're saying the total craft, which would in- which includes uh, the big brewers' um, craft brands. Um, at only 7.6. So you can see the underrepresentation representation coming in there um, being really showed by our IRI. But the key thing is the IRI data showing that craft segment only growing at 8%, and within it, the large brewers' craft brands are flat, um, and the real growth is coming from indies within that craft read, um, what the IRI define as craft beer. Um, and indie brewers now representing... Um, more than a third um, of craft beer, uh, as defined by RI. so so continued growth from the independents, which which is fantastic.
0: That's a terrific um, result. But looking at the IRI data, as you said, which doesn't capture tap rooms, it doesn't include a lot of, uh, well, it does include draft beer um, sales. So that total beer yep. market uh, reduction of one point five percent. If you did capture that invisible, that, that data that's invisible to IRI, it's possible to say that i guess to to extrapolate that the australian beer market has actually even increased slightly um given the volume
1: uh, yeah no you know good question but um what what IRI tend to do is balance their data for the total market read back right. to the abs data so yeah so they, they they make sure that it's that the total volume market uh, volume number they have um balances back to the abs read
0: right okay um, so yeah yep yeah. So that clarifies that.
1: So, yeah. So it's just just the way they cut it. Um, And the great thing is us having access to the ATO data gives us us a pure read. Um, And something we've over the years tried to generate from our industry surveys um, by getting um, industry, our members to provide that production volume uh, annually, Um, we've now been able to get from the ATO. So it's probably the, the best read for
0: us. That's terrific. Now, it was great to be down at Gabs and see the number of brewers that were sporting the independent seal on their stalls. You've got some information about how many brewers are adopting the independent seal on their packaging.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it's nearly, it's a a year now since uh, the IBA rolled out the independent seal. Um, And that was really as an identifier to to help beer drinkers navigate the category and help them seek out independent beer. And, um, you know, a year down the track after its you know, it's not a it's not a quick process getting getting brewers to change packaging and apply that seal to their packaging. Um, you know, some of the brewers, it's it's a considerable cost um, thousands of dollars we're talking about to actually um, reset new plates, um, new designs, etc. For your packaging, so we knew it was always going to take a while. Um, the great thing is now um, more than sixty percent of the IBA members uh, have adopted the seal, um, and when you look at the the seal out in the marketplace, it's representing about 58% of the independent beer volume out there um, with a seal on it. So we've, we've really gained critical mass in that first 12 months, which is fantastic. Um, and that provides us with the opportunity now to, to go to the next phase of, of the independent seal program, which is, which is all about rolling out uh, the supporter seal.
0: Just before we move on to the um, supporter seal, uh, yep. I, I, I was interested to see the difference between uh, the number of the percentage of members and the percentage of volume. That, to me, suggests that maybe some of the larger independent breweries who are eligible um, aren't sporting the logo yet.
1: Ah uh, no. Well, the sixty-four percent is percentage of our brewery members. Yep. Versus fifty-eight percent is the total independent brewers. So. Not in incl- that that right. That sorry, that obviously aren't members.
0: Right, yep. got you, got you.. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: So the read there would suggest that um, the
0: brewers the brewers
1: that aren't members of the IBA are probably the smaller ones, and yes. therefore um, we're seeing we're seeing is compensate for that by the fact that um the IBA membership are probably bigger brewers yep. uh, than the non-members and therefore yeah covering off the market. Absolutely.
0: okay. So supporters are going to be able to uh, start sporting supporting or sporting their support.
1: Yeah, I guess um, this is, and this has been something um, the guys um, 12 months ago when they developed the whole seal program had uh, developed this, um, and it's been sitting there waiting really to get that critical mass in terms of uh, on packaging etc. from a rural level um, is to go that next step and and roll out a supporter seal where um, basically trade and industry suppliers and supporters can can identify with the movement and um, show their support by by uh, putting up their own seal, um, whether it's in their venue, on bar, um, in their venue, bottle shops, et cetera, however they want to merchandise in their venues to suggest that they are and show that they are strong supporters of independent beer. So um, that's, that's going to roll out next month and the supporters will be able to sign up to a li- sub-licence of the seal uh, via our website uh, and the IBA will be able to provide them with some materials to, um, to really help uh, and encourage people to get behind indie beer so that's a that's a a great initiative and and will really help um i think the consumers really navigate um where to buy their beer uh and which beer to buy when they're in, in store or in bar
0: we might cover the good beer week merger and then look at how maybe some of those issues around independence work with that but now that we've seen the end of good beer week the merger has happened or is about to happen
1: Yeah, so just um, obviously the merger that was announced uh, late last year um, has set a whole bunch of things in motion and come the end of Good Beer Week, in the next month or so, we will go through a process of uh, completing the merger. So there's a whole bunch of administrative things that we need to tick off um, to complete the merger uh, and that should should be completed before the end of the financial year. So we'll start the new financial year with just one entity being uh, the independent brewers association of which Good Beer week will be a part of.
0: And how will that work with uh, obviously independence and the independent seal and the independent supporter being part of something, the the IBA champions, but and good beer week has always been a good beer week event. So we've had uh, the the craft offerings from the, the, the big breweries as part of that. Um, Are we going to see the independence logo used to differentiate in good beer week and it's still going to be, you know, all beer is welcome?
1: Um, Yet to be resolved, but Matt, um, that's something that obviously the board will work through once the merge is complete Um, and before October, um, when we will start to put out um, calls for submissions for events um, for the 2020 uh, event. Um, so that's something, yeah, the board will work through in those in those months between July and October.
0: And, and how about venues that have got, uh, looking back at the supporter badge, venues that have perhaps got 10 taps, eight of them are contracted to one of the, the non-independent breweries, and there are two that they maybe rotate or you know, have two independent breweries. Will they be able to support... The supporter seal, or how does that work? Does it have to be a hundred percent independent, or uh, just even supporting a, a couple of independents is enough to earn the seal?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think um, given given uh, the marketplace, if there are venues out there that that have a couple of taps, um, or one or one or two taps. Uh, that of independent beer then there is a great opportunity for them to sign up and be a supporter um, and we see the SEAL movement being really consumer led um, in terms of consumers going to those venues looking for and demanding uh, independent beer so when they go in um, they'll be able to apply some pressure to those venues to say hey great that you're an indie beer supporter maybe some more taps would be great. Um, so that's what we want to see continue. Uh, at the end of the day, the consumers are the ones that are going to really drive uh, market access for us by demanding indie beer, and it's up to us to identify which of the beers that are indie uh, and help supporters show some allegiance to that movement, and then um, let the consumer really decide. So, so yeah, it's um, it's 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 a uh, and and that probably alludes to the next piece is that. Um, Obviously, down the track uh, later this year, we will we will be really putting some weight behind uh, the SEAL program at a consumer level uh, around awareness and familiarity of the SEAL. So consumer awareness is pretty strong. Um, and, you know, the beer cartel survey that uh, the guys run every year, I think last year the number was about 33% of craft beer consumers as as the beer cartel survey defined them were aware of the seal or recognised the indie seal. Um, we did some research earlier this year uh, under the IBA um, and we worked out uh, through that research that about 13% of premium beer drinkers or beer drinkers in general, sorry, um, recognised the seal and about, six, and about 26% actually of premium beer drinkers recognised the seal. So you can see there, um, the more engaged drinkers are with beer, the more they're aware of it. But, um, it's from 13% up to 33%. So um, our our efforts have to be focused at the consumer later in the year and actually building that awareness of the seal and then some familiarity around it, helping people understand exactly what it means. Um, and I think once we start that program, you'll then see the whole program really start to fall into place because we'll have the indie brewers identified in the marketplace through their packaging. We'll have supporters in place saying, hey, look at us, we support these independent brewers and we'll have consumers with full knowledge and awareness of what it is uh, going and looking for it. And, and that's really, it's been, you know, it's a long-term program, this, um, but it's going it's to take probably a concerted effort later in the year to, where we will start some marketing around the seal to really generate that consumer pool.
0: And, and I guess even if there's a venue that, going back to that tent, taps, Ada um, contracted to a non-independent brewery to have an independent seal on, that really creates a discussion around what makes these two beers different from those eight, for example. You know, if a Little Creatures is beside a bridge road or beside a stone and wood, it, it prompts consumers to ask, what is difference, but why exactly. doesn't it? Yeah, those both,
1: both two taps have, you know, indie Seal... Uh- Cap wobblers on them or something um, and are identified as independent beer and the others aren't, then, yeah, the consumer will say, well, I thought these were as well, and the, the people behind the bar can take them through the, the reality. Um, so, yeah, so I think it's, um, it certainly will help those conversations and start to build more awareness,
0: um, that's for sure. Did, did you anticipate that there might be some pressure from uh, sales reps for venues not to sport the, uh, the, 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 the logo? Uh,
1: well... I think there's pressure probably out in the marketplace from reps to not support independent beer. Um, so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so I don't think there's much difference in what we're facing today versus uh, rolling out the logo.
0: Fair enough. Uh, now, just moving on to some of the uh, general IBA information looking ahead, there's a whole swag of resources that have come out and are uh, to come out from courtesy of the IBA.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, this goes back to, uh, I mean, a lot of this stuff goes back to the great work that the board um, started on probably a year and a half to two years ago, uh, the, the board at the time, um, uh, really developing a long-term strategy around building member value and, and benefits for the for the IBA members, um, which we've started to see roll out um, slowly but surely uh, in the last 12 months or so, um, and it's really starting to gather momentum now um, you know, things like the IBA safe program that, that we work closely with Victual on has been a great initiative uh, and something that obviously the IBA takes very, um, very seriously is safety in the workplace. Um, you know, across our across our more than 200 members, there's, there's thousands of people that go to work in those breweries every day. And um you know, we want to make sure they all go home safe. So um, it's really important that uh, the members grab a hold of that um, IBA Safe Program, take advantage of the of the offer that Victual made there uh, and really make sure that um, they're doing the right thing by their staff. Um, Safety is a big big thing, you know, and, and when you look at the numbers, obviously 6%, nearly 6% of the volume sold uh, of beer in Australia by independent brewers, um, yet we have 75% of the the employment in the industry. So um, by far and large, we have the biggest number of people to look after out of the brewing industry in general. So safety uh, is a a big thing to us. Quickly followed on the heels of uh, the other resource we provided late last year, which was the labelling guidelines, which um, has been used uh, and downloaded numerous times since we put it up on the website. Uh, and that's really providing um, our members and others the, the opportunity to actually make sure that they're doing the right thing from a mandatory perspective, um, and covering up all those bases that really people sort of it's a bit of a has been a bit of a black box. Um, it's all there now, one-stop shop for people to check in and make sure that they're rolling the packaging out in the right way. Um, the exciting piece we're about to roll out is um, a product recall guide. Um, there's been a lot of conversation around this over the last number of months.
0: That was what our panel at Good Beer Week was specifically looking at that. It was really interesting to get the different perspectives about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously um, the IBA would prefer that uh, every piece of every, – every beer that goes out in the marketplace is, is bang on quality-wise. Um, but, you know, um, we realise that sometimes things that go astray, um, whether that's uh, through brewing fault or materials fault um, or whatever, um, and therefore um, – The the big concern through our members is that what happens if something goes wrong? How do we actually go about uh, navigating one of these product recalls? And so we've pulled together a product recall guide that'll roll out the end of this week. Um, So this is is the sort of uh, week after Good Beer Week. Um, And that will help um, our members create a bit of a checklist of the things they need to have in order. They can create their sort of uh, processes from the templates within that make sure they've got all their information um, already documented and set up where they just need to add in the, the actual incident details in there so that if this ever ha- is a problem for them, they can actually follow the steps in the guide and make sure that they do the right thing from a, from a product recall viewpoint. So, so that's a great resource that will roll out to the members very soon. Uh, as are a number of quality how-to guides that um, the quality project group Um, that's working in conjunction with the board uh, have in place and they'll be rolling out in the next few months as well. So there'll be sort of a range of things from one pages through to more detailed documents uh, that will help us um, provide more resource around quality to our members. Um, And so, yeah, we're we're focused on continuing to drive that resource stuff across the
0: membership base. Terrific. And the IBA Mashup Podcasts webinars?
1: Yeah, so um, another piece of... uh, piece of the strategy that the board have been working with is how we connect closer to our members. Uh, and instead of just being a head office stuck wherever, um, we want to make sure that we're engaging with our members at a local level. So uh, we've set up these mashups that are basically going to be running uh, in the key cities started a couple of weeks ago in just Brisbane, Sydney Melbourne. We hope to extend that further out as we go. Uh, basically, there'll be regular networking opportunities uh, for our members to come together share some information learn from some of the key people in the in the industry um, or just basically a chance to lift the head up and have a beer together which is something we all tend to do Um, very very few occasions unfortunately it's everyone's that busy Um, they sort of need a good constant reminder of every now and then to stop uh, and catch up with each other so yeah, the mashups. Uh, we started those a couple of weeks ago with Tom Shellhammer, who happened to be in the country doing some uh, work with the guys down in Tasmania, um, and we uh, jumped in with them and funded Tom doing a, a quick road trip up the east coast. And we had we had a great attendance at the first of those. Um, we've recorded it, and in the future we will um, we will look at providing podcasts to uh, the industry. For those events, um, so if people can't attend, though they can at least t- still listen in and uh, see what was what was on the go.
0: And uh, the the I got to the Brisbane um, one with uh, Tom, where we recorded a, a chat with him, but his presentation was just riveting uh I, I can't imagine too many of the brewers that were there scribbling notes would have paid nearly as much attention at their uh, grade 11 science classes as they did listening to uh tom break down the, the the chemical composition of hops
1: yeah yeah i mean and we probably could have run you know six of those sessions just with tom um and still not covered um anywhere near the amount of topics that he that he has up his sleeve um yeah, an incredible resource to the brewing industry. And, um, yeah, they're the sort of people we want to try and hook into to make sure that um, we're getting as much exposure and that information shared out to to as many of the members. Um, so, yeah, very, very easy for our brewers uh, amongst our membership base to get along to those things um, or listen in to the podcast if they can't get along.
0: Terrific. Now, there was a bit of information about Brucon and the Indies. We can put the dates in to the show notes so everyone will see, but was there anything you wanted to cover about any changes to Brucon and the Indies for 2019? Um, Yeah, I think
1: the key thing um, is that... uh, the Indies, um, we've, we've had the Industry Service Award um, for a number of years, I think going to actually since the Indies started, um, we've had the Industry Service Award, which was recognition of people who have provided great service to the industry over the years. Um, we, we wanted to broaden that. Um, we, just, we wanted the Indies to be not just a celebration of good beer, but also a celebration of all the great things that um, independent beer represents. So the industry service award will stay in place, but we're going to broaden broaden the uh, celebration across a new three new uh, awards. One being the Young Gun of the Year. Um, so, basically um, celebrating um, the fantastic enthusiasm and and youth we have youth. Listen to me, um, youth uh, we have in the industry. You know, um, this industry is made up of a lot of very young, passionate, inspiring people, and we want to celebrate those. So, um, a Young Gun of the Year award. Secondly, um, we want to roll out an award that celebrates the incredible work that all our members do in fostering the sense of community um, in their in their regional areas, um, and therefore um, a community initiative of the year award celebrating brewers who are providing and giving back to the community. Uh, and then thirdly, we want to celebrate the great support we get from from real indie beer supporters out there in the retail or on premise trade. So we have some fantastic supporters there already, um, and obviously we'll build on that as we roll out the independent supporter seal. Um, but yeah, every year we want to celebrate those true indie beer supporters. So okay. so yeah, some some exciting things there at the Indies in terms of broadening that celebration.
0: And will they be awards that people nominate for or they get nominated for? So we'll be calling for nominations for those awards, yep, yep, definitely. No worries. Um, just one other thing about the about BrewCon itself. There's been a little bit of there was a little bit of um, uh, criticism last year about as spectacular as the trade floor looked. The opportunities for uh, delegates to to visit the trade floor was a little bit limited. That's changed this year. I understand.
1: Yeah, we um, last year. Yeah, I think I think it's fair to say that last year's um, BrewCon um, probably. Um, was a large step up from um, the previous year in Adelaide. Probably a, probably a, a step too far to some extent. Um, we probably got ahead of ourselves a little, I think. Um, it's probably the best way to summarise it. Um, so we needed to sort of recalibrate the scale uh, of the event this year, but also we took on a lot of feedback from exhibitors uh, and delegates uh, and I think the, the key piece that we, we gleaned from the exhibitors was that there just wasn't enough time for delegates to spend in the trade show. Um, so we've, we've reconfigured the this year so that there will be more time for delegates to spend in the trade show. Um, that's at the end of the day um, or on the Friday. We will actually have the trade show open uh, on the third day. There won't be any seminars on that day, but people will be able to attend the trade show. Um, we have shortened the hours of the seminars uh, and extended the hours of the trade show, so people will be able to finish up their seminar sessions and head to the trade show for a, two or three hours after after the seminars finish each day. Um, they'll be able to hang around the trade trade expo before they head off to the Indies, which is a five-minute walk around the corner this year. So, yeah, really, uh, the other piece is probably we're offering... Um, day tickets to the tr- to the trade show so that people who aren't attending the conference can actually just head along to the trade show so yeah doing the doing all the things we can to generate more foot traffic for exhibitors uh, is,
0: is a key piece of this year's brewcon terrific well as i said we'll throw the dates because Indy's open uh this week, the twenty fourth of May. So this will be up uh, in, in advance of that. But uh, and Brewcon tickets will go on sale on the seventh of June. So I'll make sure I put a link to those dates in the show notes.
1: Yeah, yeah thanks, mate. That's uh, yeah, yeah. There's some there's some key dates there, and certainly yeah, we're on with we good beer week out of the way. It's uh, take a quick breath and then uh, back <laughs> on to um, back on the event bandwagon. Yeah, Always something. Sure. So, yeah, so I guess, Matt, um, just in summary, I guess, you know, independent brewers are really driving the real growth in the beer market. And and I guess that's because they're aligned to what, um, today's beer drinkers are looking for. And that's beer brewed by small, independent, local brewers. And, and that's who the IBA generally represents. So, um, that, that's, that's great to see those numbers actually showing through, uh, in the data. Um, the IBA continues to provide a uni- unified platform for, you know, for its members uh, and gives us a much more powerful uh, voice than we could ever achieve on our own I think that's the that's the key role of the IBA and and providing those resources um, as well um, resources that wouldn't be available if we were operating on our own without an association uh, is the other the other key piece of the IBA's role
0: as an industry observer um, you, you know how and having seen how much work has gone into getting did the, the IBA's just up and running and getting people on board and getting the resources to be cohesive it's really exciting to see the data that is now starting to come out that would only be possible because there is an association who is able to coordinate these sorts of activities
1: yeah you know i think and you know the the other piece you know that that collective voice being greater than on our own i guess comes through in our advocacy efforts you know if you look at the successes over the last year or so at a federal and a state level um, you know that collective strength is now really coming to the fore you've seen obviously the excise rebate kick from thirty thousand dollars to a hundred thousand dollars so that's a seventy thousand dollar kick to every um, small brewer in the country um, that kicks in as of July 1 um, you've seen the excise changes to keg sizes um, which will kick in also as of July 1 you've seen a uh, an independent or craft beer strategy uh, in Queensland rolling out, and we've and we've had um, commitment from the New South Wales state government. That they're going to take a similar approach uh, in that in that in that state as well. Uh, and we're starting the work with uh, the Victorian government down the same down the same road. Um, with uh, the federal election now behind us, we know who we've got to deal with uh, at a federal level going forward, and and we'll be working very closely uh, with the federal government on developing a a national uh, independent beer strategy uh, going forward. So that's something we'll get our teeth into in the new financial year as well. Terrific. So, yeah, I think, you know, independent brewers are really continuing to build momentum, you know, and and build excitement in the marketplace. You know, in what is a declining beer market, uh, the independent brewers are shining light. You know, they're creating value for the retail trade, for our suppliers and for our communities. Um, And as we see more, brewers become members of the IBA, uh, and more brewers adopting the seal. Uh, I think we're going to, we're continuing to develop that collective strength that we really should all be proud of as, as independent brewers. And, and yeah, I think, um, it's just a, it's just a great thing to be part of.
0: Terrific, Jamie. Well, mate, thank you very much for taking the time to, uh, to do this. I know you did present it, um, at Good Beer Week, um, but thank you for coming on and, uh, going into a little bit more detail with us today. And, uh, Bearing in mind the cook limit, uh, we're well and truly under that today.
1: <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah, I don't want to breach my own limit. For
0: sure. <laughs> Jamie, uh, and and all the best for uh, BrewCon and the Indies for this year.
1: Yeah, we look forward to working with uh, Brews News. Uh, very closely throughout
0: brewcon so yeah it should be fun we'll we'll be recording there taking the studio hopefully it'll be a little bit calmer than it was at gab's but uh there'll be we got some great content last year and hopefully we can do the same this year speaking to some of the uh the guests yeah it should be good be excellent
1: mate
0: and that was jamie cook And we would like to thank our sponsors, including Rallings Labels, Stickers and Packaging, for making this show possible. Even if you have an established label supplier, have a chat with Rallings Labels, Stickers and Packaging and see how their flexibility can make things easier for your brewery. Call Rallings on 1300 852 235. If you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out by sponsoring the show, either a one-off or monthly donation, just to cover the costs of us producing it, you can review us on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service and help other people to find the show. Or you can email us at producer at BruiseNews.com.au to share your thoughts. All correspondents will receive a Bruise News bottle opener and go into the draw to win a mixed six-pack thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel who sponsor our Letter of the Week.